Soki from Azuro Dream Travel, and this is Locali. In this episode, you will imagine yourself sitting in a piazza or town square of an ancient Roman hilltop town which overlooks the Adriatic Sea. Together, we will walk through the Centro Storico, the historic center, and marvel at its cathedrals, the 15th century Palazzo Davolos with museums and art galleries, cafes, restaurants, food, wine, and gelato, nearby vineyards, cheese factories, and olive oil mills. From sandy shores to pebbly coves, natural reserves and dunes, Abruzzo has it all. And why not? Let's head to dinner at one of the many trabocchi, or unique fishing huts, in the region. Benvenuti a Vasto, a town of 40,000 residents located in the lovely Italian region of Abruzzo. Here we meet Fabrizio, the founder of Italia Sweet Italia, a small tour operator whose passion for immersive adventure in Italian culture and traditions of Abruzzo is evident, and whose aim is to promote sustainable tourism in Abruzzo to introduce travelers from around the globe to the cuisine, traditions, arts, folklore, and people of the region. So I'd like to welcome Fabrizio from Italia Sweet Italia. Ciao, benvenuto. Ciao, uh, Cartney. Buongiorno to everybody and all uh, our and your friends that are listening to us uh, today. Thank you so much for being here with me. What inspired you to begin Italia Sweet Italia? I'm living in a vasto that you described perfectly. Uh, and uh, it is my hometown where I grew up. And uh, uh, as you said, we are on the Adriatic coast. So every summer in Vasco, there are many tourists, especially in uh, July and August, from uh, all over Italy. Uh, 90% of them are from Italy. And like many, many uh, boys and girls, when I was at school, in summertime, I used to work as a waiter, or as a barman in a gelato uh, shop or in a hotel. And so I spend all the summer working with uh, tourists. But uh, I noticed that most of them were Italian and most of them used to come just for beach holidays. Sun, uh, sea and sand, we call uh, this kind of uh, beach uh, of holidays. But uh, even if I was just 14, 15, 16 years old, I started to realize that uh, we had more than just sun, sand and beach. So uh, when I grew up, I realized that uh, I wanted to study uh, something connected with the tourism at university to help one day my hometown and region to attract tourists from other parts of the world and uh, for different motivation and especially in different periods of the year, not just in July and August. And so I decided to study economics of tourism at university. Why Abruzzo? Of course, you kind of already discussed this a little bit. Um, you wanted to give back to your hometown, to your region. But what makes this area so interesting to visit? First, I know it's very off the beaten path. What do you really like to promote about this area to others and share with others about this region? First of all, uh, yes, you, you, you said, well, uh, of the beaten path, and uh, it's of the beaten path, and it's, uh, um, I like to promote, to communicate the natural hospitality and the warmth of our community of people. Uh, so uh, being uh, of the beaten path, it's uh, also less commercial, so you can uh, meet uh, local people that are really more interested to know other people 
than just because they are working. This is uh, one of the of the main motivations. So uh, let's uh, let's say a warm hospitality and uh, of the local communities. Uh, Abruzzo is considered one of the greenest regions of Europe. More than 30 percent of our surface is protected areas. We have three national parks. Uh, by the mountains and many protected areas, by the mountains and by the sea. And uh, according to the, our, uh, um, to our uh, uh, landscapes, we have the sea and the mountains very close to each other. This is something that reflects on the landscape and the activities. I mean, you can uh, swim while you are looking at the Apennines uh, covered uh, with the snow, uh, or you can uh, ski looking at the at the Adriatic Sea. It's one of the, of the few places in Europe where you can do this. And uh, at the same at the same time in some periods maybe in May now until a few weeks ago uh, it could be possible to to ski in the morning and maybe if you even if the water is colder you can uh, even uh, uh, after one hour driving you can uh, jump you can uh, swim into the Adri blue Adriatic Sea. And uh, when I say this, uh, so this is about landscape, but this is also something that is connected with our soul, our way of life and our food. So in a few minutes driving, a short distance, we have, uh, I, I say, the double soul of Abruzzo. So also the food uh, is uh, more connected with the salami, cheeses. We have a lot of pecorino cheese, sheep skewers called arrosticini. Uh, from a ship that is our most famous uh, dish and uh, a lot of uh, fish, seafood, uh, vegetables, uh, uh, tomatoes now in summertime to mix with, uh, with the fish and, uh, and the meat. So uh, this is one of the other motivation and uh, to, end it, uh, to end my answer, of, uh, of course we don't have big attractions like uh, the big cities uh, in Italy or Europe, but we have a very uh, many small, uh, charming villages on the hilltops overlooking the Adriatic Sea or the mountains. Uh, and uh, uh, the uniqueness of our area are the Trabocchi that you mentioned before, Trabocchi fishing platforms, where we can have a lunch or dinner or a painting class or a, 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 a educative activity connected with the fishing system in uh, our part of the world. What I find so incredible about it is it still is so untouched. There's so many things that you can do. Of course, if you're a nature lover, uh, if you're a history lover, of course, there's still so many beautiful towns to visit. Um, and just the scenery itself is absolutely stunning. The water is crystal clear blue and the views of the mountains. And then, of course, from some of the towns like Vasto, you can see the water. So it's absolutely beautiful. Speaking of Vasto, it's a town located on the Adriatic Sea in southeast Italy, and it's just about three hours east of Rome. So why is it a good base for travelers, and what inspires you to share Vasto with others? Okay, Vasto, it's a, a good way, it's a good base for travelers because, uh, again, it's close to the, to the mountains as well, and it's on the on the Trabocchi coast, uh, is the most important town of the Trabocchi coast. It is uh, just three hours driving from Rome, but there are also many 
many daily basis that maybe in a three hours and half, uh, that you, as you can imagine, the bus it takes a little bit longer. You can stay from Rome city center to Vasto in a very comfortable bus. Uh, and uh, maybe you can pay a return ticket 20, 22 euros. Uh, so it's very, very cheap uh, to travel also by yourself, or maybe we can organize also the transportation. Uh, and the bus is also. Uh, just two hours of driving to another big city, uh, important and beautiful uh, city in southern Italy that is uh, uh, Naples. So it's uh, it's just uh, two hours, and it's uh, very close also to Puglia uh, region. That, um, uh, for example, from Vasto you can see uh, the the Trimiti Islands that are the only islands on the Adriatic Sea uh, on the Italian side. Uh, that are in Puglia and uh, the Gargano Peninsula, that is um, also a UNESCO site uh, that you can see from uh, from Vasto. So you can um, in two hours, uh, two hours and a half, you can visit uh, Bari, the capital city of uh, of um, Puglia, and uh, the nearby beautiful uh, towns uh, uh, like uh, Albero Bello, that is uh, famous. Okay, now we are speaking about beautiful. another region. But uh, from Vasco, you know, you can go to other other parts of, of Italy. And there is also another hidden gem that is among Abruzzo and Puglia that a few people know. It's called Molise. It's another region that is 20 minutes driving from Vasco. You can discover this region as well. Right. So it's a great location as you know, you were saying it's a great base for people to also see some other regions. You can stay in Vasco for a week you know, and um, experience some of uh, the delights of Abruzzo, but then also you can take some day trips um, to other places, other regions. So, um, sorry, 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 a little bit. Yeah, oh, la last, it's, it's my hometown, of course. I, I, of course, well, that's I, the I, most I, important, right? <laughs> so, and so if I came to Vasto, could you kind of walk me through the town? Uh, what would I see if I'm staying in Vasto? What are some things... Um, that I might see, and also kind of the feeling that I would get walking through the town. Okay, so Vasto is a, an, it's a, an ancient uh, Roman town uh, uh, that uh, th there was before the Romans, uh, there was Vasto. So it, it, it has ancient roots, it was a Roman uh, municipio, municipality, because uh, Vasto was, um, there was the port that was used from, by the, from the Romans for commercial exchanges with East of Europe. So you can still see some Roman ruins, like uh, the ruins of a Roman amphitheater, uh, the Roman buff with beautiful uh, uh, mosaics uh, that you can still uh, see. Of course, it's not working, but uh, there is an archaeological site. Um, there is a 15th century uh, castle called the Castello Caldoresco. Uh, it's uh, not open. We can see from outside uh, with the beautiful towers. And uh, there is also uh, a bed and breakfast where some of our... Travelers can sleep inside the castle. And uh, uh, another important building is called the Palazzo d'Avalos, that you mentioned before, from 15th century. Inside there is the uh, archaeological, historical, and uh, uh, um, art gallery. Uh, there is a museum and an art gallery. And there is also a Neapolitan-style garden. Uh, very beautiful, uh, that is the only one on the east uh, side of Italy, uh, that is Napolitan style, uh, from the 18th century, uh, that is getting very popular also for weddings, and it is used in summertime for many 
you know, uh, many events like uh, jazz festival, uh, indie music festival, presentation of books, uh, wine tastings, uh, and uh, and uh, so on. So uh, this is speaking about uh, the, the town city center. Uh, for example, uh, two weeks ago, for the very first time in my life, I went on the on the top of the uh, bell tower of the church of Santa Maria uh, from the uh, 17th century, the tower bell, from where you can see all the, in, with one uh, view, you can watch, you can see all the, the scenery of uh, the Adriatic Sea, the Gulf of Vasto, and uh, on the other side, you can see the Apennines with the, with the snow that I mentioned before. And this is a beautiful experience that, um, uh, it's a, it's a new possibility. They open again, they open for the first time this monument to everybody. So uh, this was very emotional. And uh, to ending, to end, uh, of course, in Vasco there are many, many beaches, something like uh, 12 uh, miles of beaches, very different each other with uh, sandy beaches, with the beach clubs, uh, wild beaches with the dunes, uh, with uh, uh, rocky beaches, with the cliffs. Uh, protected area by the sea and uh, so in uh, five ten minutes of driving you can uh, go to completely different places you can see at the same time also the lighthouse that is the second highest lighthouse in italy uh, that is um, by night it's, it's nice to see uh, the lights that is still working for the local the local ships Yes, it's such a beautiful area. So you talk about slow travel. You support slow travel, sustainable travel experiences in your company. Let's kind of talk about what it is and in your opinion. And how do you think that travelers who support more of a sustainable slow travel experience in local businesses can gain a more authentic experience when traveling to Italy? Slow travel uh, for me means, uh, um, first of all, it's a way of life, slow rhythms of life. With slow rhythms of life, I mean that uh, uh, we can live without working all the time or most of the time. For example, when our travelers uh, uh, come for the first day in Vasto, during the first walk, it is usually Sunday afternoon. And I'm happy to let them understand that on Sunday afternoon, all the shops are closed everything is closed because it's a, uh, a no working day and people need to have a rest to enjoy the family to have a family a lunch with the family so um, a slow, a slow travel for me it's a very uh, human uh, connection oriented and focused to have a connection with the local community so during our tours i'm happy to let uh, meet to our uh, travelers that usually are not tourists, but travelers, to meet with the local community of my friends. They could be my family, my mother, my fa my mother, or even the winemakers, the olive oil makers, the fishermen, the farmers, or the artists that uh, we meet usually during our tour. So for me, this is low travel, small groups, so usually not more than 12 people that uh, allow... This number allow me that I'm also the tour guide to have an interaction with everybody of the group, to remember their names, to remember a little bit of their story, and uh, to have a human touch, a conversation with them. Now to have them like if they were a number on a on a seat of a bus. 
Right. And I think this is the most important point about slow travel is just really taking your time to make those human connections, those personal connections, and establish relationships with people who are creating the experiences for you. So I think um, one of the experiences that you have on your website um, is uh, uh, you had talked to me about a time where you took the tra- some of your travelers at the end to your parents' balcony to see some fireworks. So that was really neat. Uh, why don't you describe that a little bit? Okay, yes. This was uh, something that uh, was unplanned. We have a tour that is um, connected uh, during, uh, that is um, organized during the week in which there is the patron saint, uh, there are the patron saint celebrations of Vasto, that is every year at the end of September, at uh, St. Michael uh, Day. So um, during the last day of the celebrations, there is a procession of the statue of St. Michael that is going from the church that I mentioned before of Santa Maria, that is the main church, to the little church dedicated to him that is just outside my parents' house. So at the, the, the procession ends outside my parents' house and usually there is the bishop, there is the, the mayor, there is the, all the local community that are representing the town and the, and the area. So the procession ends outside the, in front of my parents' house and balcony. And at the end of the procession, there are the fireworks on the sea because from my parents' house, I can see the Adriatic Sea. So I grew up with this view. So I invited some of uh, some uh, a, a little a group of friends that uh, were joining our tours to to see the procession from my parents' house balcony. But they didn't know that at the end there was uh, there were also the fireworks. I was joking and told them, "Oh, these are just for you." But <laughs> of course, <laughs> they, they weren't for them. They were for to celebrate our uh, patron saint uh, Michele Michael. And uh, uh, they stayed there with the, from the balcony outside, where there were also the how do you call it, the sheets from the beds, something like not the one that yeah. we we have a special one that we put outside the balcony as a symbol of respect when there is a, a, a procession in many uh, balconies in the in the on the streets where there is the procession. So they came, they stayed with my family, with my mother, that uh, they met a few days before during our uh, homemade pasta cooking class. They met my nephews, nieces, my brother, my father, my sister-in-law. So they spent a few time, uh, like if they were uh, full-time, not full-time, they were 100% local. So they, they enjoyed uh, this possibility. It is like when you go to the theater and you sit down on the on the first the best uh, seats. Absolutely. And it's really, these are only the experiences that you can get in a small group setting. Um, if when traveling in a large group, you're not going to be able to go to someone's home um, and really experience uh, something so special. So, um, and of course, what I love about your company um, is that you involve small family run and passion driven businesses to promote the preservation of local culture in Abruzzo. So I really love that your focus is on creating deep connections, as you mentioned, taking people to your home and keeping up with them. I'm sure these have become lifelong friends of yours. So connections between travelers and locals. So this really aligns with our philosophy at Azuro Dream Travel as well, and that we believe by forming these deep human connections, we create our most memorable travel experiences. So Let's talk about maybe some of the small local businesses with whom you connect travelers that you help 
or that you believe help to preserve the local culture. Um, and one of my favorites, as I told you before, was the pottery experience. I love that story. When uh, uh, we created this sort of connection and uh, um, with the goal to promote these uh, small businesses, in my head, there is also the idea to give uh, an example and an hope to the new generations, to the nowadays children. I don't have any children, but I have a few nieces and uh, uh, nephews that are studying at elementary or high school. And I'm happy to give them an hope that one day, maybe with uh, thanks to the this kind of uh, travel, travel and um, uh, zero kilometers food, or to promote the local artists and the communities, they could have an hope to stay here. Because most of my friends that uh, studied with me, they are living in other big cities in Italy. They don't have many opportunities to work for what they studied here in Vasto. So I, I want to give an hope to the new generation that one day they could uh, have the possibility to stay in the place that they like, like maybe here, and uh, to have a, uh, to have a, um, to have a job uh, connected with the area. So I'm also for these reasons I'm promoting the local uh, businesses. Like, for example, there is a pottery studio in Castelli, that is the capital of uh, Maiolica, of uh, ceramics in Abruzzo. It's a small village of a few hundred people. And it's, uh, during the 16th century, it was very popular. Begin, it began to be very popular for the pottery. And there is also a pottery school there for students. Uh, an art school, let's say, in which they work a lot of pottery. And uh, there are many studios that, of course, most of them now are disappearing. But there is one in particular in which there are a father and um, uh, um, th there is a, a around 50 years old guy and an 85 years old father that are working together. The father uh, is working in his studio where he was working as a young guy to, to learn the, a new job. And after he bought the place where he was working when he was a guy, making the pottery. And he's working, still using uh, the old machineries from the 19th century, some of them, like the, I don't remember how you call in English, the, the one to, to turn, to turn. Uh, the, the wheel, the, the pottery wheel. wheel. Uh, yeah, the pottery wheel is using a very old one, maybe, uh, and um, he's making by himself still the colors in a natural way. He's making all the process by himself. And it's in his, at his age, he seems like um, a young boy. He has a lot of powerful. Uh, this is, let me think that it is because he's doing what he likes. So if people can do what they like in their, li in their life, sometimes it's much better, you know, maybe you can earn less money, but you can earn a lot of richness with your healthy, with your happiness. And so looking at this man, you can see that he worked hard, but he's still happy to wake up every single morning to make his, his pottery stuff and decorations together with his son that is painting. His son is painting what he makes. So he makes a dish, and his son is making the decoration of, of the dish. Antonio, right, is they are called Antonio and Vincenzo. <laughs> Antonio and Vincenzo. So yes, it's, you know, these experiences that, of course, you know, you really appreciate. And as you said, if you have a passion and you're able to share it with others, you know, that's such an incredible way to live your life. 
I really love that story because, of course, when when you're on a a trip to Italy, of course, you see the ceramics everywhere, and you don't always necessarily think about where they come from. You just see all these bright colors, the stores, the ceramic stores, and they're everywhere, you know, beautiful pieces. But they're in different regions of Italy, of course, they have different styles. It's a really interesting way to, like, with your experiences, um, go to travel there and see, of course, the way that they do it in Abruzzo. So let's talk a little bit about the trabocchi. (laughs) We were talking about that. Um, And this is so beautiful. I love this experience. So you were saying that the trabocchi are the traditional fishing huts of the region. So I'd love for you to give a visual to our listeners um, and then maybe talk a little bit about one of your experiences eating on one of these piers. Okay, so trabocchi are um, uh, ancient fishing huts were in the during the 18th century so around 300 years ago the local community of farmers not fishermen farmers that uh, were let's say afraid to go into the sea to fish in a regular way with a boat uh, they realized that building some uh, piers or, or bridges on the rocks uh, with a platform at the end and a big net, they could fish without really go into the water. So they started to use these machines as an extra income for their extra income or as a barter for their production productions coming from the land. And uh, so this was good until uh, the second half of the last century. For three centuries, they were doing this, but. The life changed uh, uh, 60, 50 years ago. So they, most of them were abandoned because they started to work maybe in a factory that they opened in the meanwhile. Uh, they, they arrived be, uh, bigger multinational companies that are fishing into the Adriatic Sea. So there was less fish that was arriving closer to the to the. Um, to the to the coast where they are uh, uh, established the trabocchi. So there were something like uh, 50 trabocchi that were working, and most of them were abandoned until uh, the the 80s of the last century, 90s, when uh, uh, they didn't know what to do anymore with them. So they starting to speak in, in a public way. The politicians, what can we do? Should we eliminate them? or to give them a new life. So finally, they made one of the few, I say, good uh, laws from the Abruzzo region. They said, okay, we recognize Trabocchi as a part of our history, as a cultural location, attraction. Uh, And so they they gave them the opportunity to open again. They gave them also some money to rebuild them in a a safe way to ask the people to go there to, to see how they fish, uh, to have um, what we do usually, to have just a fishing demonstration. Uh, uh, what I'm saying to you now, usually we, we do directly on a trabocco with a, with a traboccante, is the, uh, the owner of a trabocco, half fisherman, half uh, farmer uh, in the past. And uh, uh, we can have a painting class to paint uh, a particular landscape in, in which from one trabocco you can see another trabocco and, uh, and you can have a lunch or a spectacular dinner suspended by the sea. Uh, most of them, they don't fish anymore enough to survive. I mean, they fish, but uh, they can't serve you a, 
a completely meal with the fish that you can get there. Maybe something, but uh, the most authentic ones, they will say you the truth. There are some, uh, as everywhere, that are more commercial. So the, you, you need to make a selection, but uh, there are many trabocchi now, uh, around 30 that are uh, working, that are open to the people, um, that free zero uh, trabocchi that uh, um, give the name to the coast. This coast that is from Vasto to south of Pescara, the capital, the, the, one of the main, the main city of Abruzzo, it's uh, called the Trabocchi Coast. And so how many uh, Trabocchi would you estimate are in this area? Um, since it's called the Trabocchi Coast, how many do you think there are here? Uh, as I say, there are now there are around 30 Trabocchi, free zero oh, Trabocchi. Yeah, yes, free Trabocchi. Free zero oh, wow. Trabocchi. <laughs> 30. So that kind of leads me to my next question because I'm from the state of Kentucky in southeastern United States. And of course, more specifically, the city of Lexington, which is known as the horse capital of the world with our beautiful horse farms in the heart of bluegrass country. And so because of this, I noticed your uh, horseback riding experience riding along the Trabocchi Coast um, through rolling green hills, all the while with a view of this crystal clear um, blue water of the Adriatic Sea in the near distance. So there's so many experiences that you offer for nature lovers, like walks along the coast, uh, horseback riding experiences. Uh, yes, sure. Uh, the one that you saw, it was... Uh... It was the video. It was me uh, trying to to do some horse riding. It was a very nice morning. Uh, from uh, during my horse riding, I could uh, go almost into the water uh, with the, with the horse, and at the same time uh, again to watch the Apennines in the background, uh, crossing beautiful uh, uh, olive groves, uh, looking at uh, vineyards. And uh, looking at the same time, people doing other activities that you can do in that uh, area, like uh, biking. Uh, for example, um, now they are ending a uh, cycle path that is uh, connecting uh, Vasto with um, uh, almost, uh, as I mentioned before, Pescara, around 42 kilometers, around 30 miles almost. Uh, that uh, are, it was a, a railway that uh, was moved into a gallery, a tunnel, and now uh, it became a cycle path. They rebuilt the railway, and uh, so it's called the, the Greenway of the Trabocchi Coast. It's almost finished. I think for, they say that this summer should be com ready, almost completely. And uh, you can go now in some uh, parts, and it's very beautiful because it's very, very close to the, to the water. You can cycle in a not distance from the cars, you don't see cars, you don't listen cars, just animals, the water, people swimming. Oh, you can do also canoeing, I, do, I go also canoeing sometimes. Looking at the stars by night, it's, uh, there is no light pollution, so you can have, uh, they organize also some, uh, we can organize visits with an uh, expert, of, uh, astronomic expert, to see the stars, the combinations of the stars in the, in the sky. So just to give an idea, and of course, the trekking and uh, walking and uh, <clears throat> having some beautiful, uh, uh, relaxing time. It's really beautiful. I'm, and I'm a big nature lover. So when you're talking about it, I can almost smell the air <laughs> as you're discussing, you know, all of these experiences and the fresh air. And I, I may be your next uh, client 
coming up here soon. Okay, you're welcome. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get your opinion on maybe some of the effects of mass tourism on Italy. I know Abruzzo is pretty off the beaten path. We've seen, especially in this past year, some of the environmental effects of mass tourism on Italy that I think, you know, Italians kind of understood before. But I think with um, coronavirus and, of course, um, everything kind of shutting down, I think it really highlighted some of the issues um, that mass tourism is having on, on the country. How has this inspired you to create more sustainable experiences? For your guests, of course, um, it's easy to speak about uh, mass tourism and uh, environment. It's easy; it's, uh, it's, it's very common. I, I think that uh, it's clear to everybody that uh, mass tourism with the big buses uh, going around all the day in specific periods of uh, people that are making uh, photos from the window because they have to see Italy in seven days, all all Italian to to share nowadays on their social media the picture of the Colosseum uh, of Venice uh, and the Florence uh, that they they saw in, in one week, but they didn't see anything. I mean, they, they, they saw with their eyes, but they couldn't saw with uh, the, their heart, with uh, their uh, um, personality. So uh, uh, this is, uh, the, the um, of course, for the environment, they are creating pollution and uh, uh, the towns that are too busy, the, some cities and locations are too busy, uh, also for our uh, archaeological uh, archaeological sites and monuments. But I want to focus on the uh, the problems connected with the the, the communities, the small co- the, the communities, so people that are living in the places that they are not only getting more, for example, pollution, but also. Uh, 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 the way of of life. Uh, uh, the last week, for example, I, I went to Rome. That uh, reopened. You know, Italy. We are reopening now. I went to Rome at uh, the Spanish Steps and the Trevi Fontaine. There were many people, but uh, almost nothing compared to other times that I visited Rome. Even in uh, in uh, in uh, low in um, in uh, low season. And so, in that case, I enjoyed, you know, much more. And I can, it was easier to hear, for example, the water of the fountains. In other cases, there were too many people that I couldn't hear so well. And the people that are living in Rome or uh, other destinations such as Florence or Venice, of course, they are a little bit uh, losing their towns, their towns, because uh, it's full of people. The prices became much higher. So even if you want nowadays, for example, there is a big problem with uh, also with accommodation uh, for people that need to rent an accommodation in the cities because uh, some other people owners of the apartments they prefer to uh, to rent to travel uh, to tourists instead of uh, instead of uh, uh, you know to local people. So the prices become higher. So this is another aspect of uh, mass tourism uh, for me uh, that I wanted to focus on. Right. So it's kind of difficult sometimes also to support the local economy when you are supporting uh, such a large company. Some of these companies are Italian, but many of them are not. Right. So when you book a large group tour, you have to remember that as yes, 
some of the experiences that you may get are supporting the local economy. Overall, the money that you invest in these trips goes to offshore accounts, right? Now, the other kind of, it's a catch-22, I feel. So, you know, the other issue really is that some people just don't have a lot of time though. You know, some people, they, they work, we work all year, we have families, we might have a week, you know, um, maybe your goal is to see Italy. Your dream is to see Italy, but you only have a week where you can travel. And the easiest thing to do is really to go to your local travel agent to book a trip, you know, best of Italy in seven days. And whereas, you know, you may not be able to experience everything, you do get to see a lot in these uh, large group tours. But what what might you say to somebody who really wants to have a more personal experience, but they've never seen Italy. Um, they 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 may want to go to the Colosseum. They want you know we we there these are all these places that we have never that maybe they've never seen before. They want to go to Venice. They want to see all the main touristy sites, but they maybe they want to see a more off the beaten path experience. So it's kind of hard for people to know what to do sometimes. What do you think the answer is? If you have just like a small amount of time and maybe you've never been to Italy before, what might you, what my advice might you give to someone in that situation? Okay, in this situation, I, I think that uh, I understand. And of course, for somebody that is coming for the very first time in Europe and in Italy, maybe oh, they want to see the, the most famous, important uh, towns and cities. So uh, I would focus on uh, uh, just one uh, one city or one town, maybe just Rome and Rome area, or just Florence and Tuscany and Venice, uh, Venice or the Amalfi Coast. Like speaking about the, the most uh, famous uh, uh, and appealing areas for the travelers that are coming for the first time to Italy, uh, and uh, mix uh, uh, their uh, uh, vacation. Among, uh, if, if of course, if they like the culture, the uh, uh, um, a balance among what to see and what to do, or what to not do, or what to not <laughs> and do, how, and right, how. and maybe how you want to experience it. Do you want a more personal experience? Um, and also, do you want to feel exhausted maybe <laughs> when you come home. Um, you don't want to have a vacation from your vacation, you know? So um, I, I agree with you. I think that kind of focusing on an area, and that's really what we try to do as well is, um, you know, on our website, we have a lot of, um, of course, we have the best of Italy in seven days, but it is a much slower trip. So um, if you really want to focus on certain areas to kind of get the most of your experience. So this is a really maybe obvious question. <laughs> but why do you think sustainable travel is important right now, especially with supporting sustainable travel ex opportunities? Why do you think it's so important now? Uh, now it's, it, it is important uh, uh, because, uh, okay, if we, we should speak about now. It is more important because during the last uh, one, uh, one year in Dalf, of course, uh, the, the, the small, uh, small comp uh, companies, suffered much more than than ever and uh, of course they, they, they need uh, they need more uh, more uh, support by the from the travelers uh, from all over all over the world of course as you say this is obvious uh, the other thing is that now uh, 
especially during the last year, people started to, not, not everybody, but uh, more people, more than in the past, to review their lives, to review their lives. Like, as I mentioned before, not just working, 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 to go on vacation just uh, one week a year or almost, or just a few weeks, or maybe to work even after that you are retired, uh, or maybe you earn a lot of money, but you don't have time to spend those money in something uh, less material, like it is travel. Travel is something that is not material, that is giving you something uh, inside if you travel in a certain way into your soul into your heart that you could uh, remember forever that uh, particular flavors of that dish that you can eat uh, everywhere in the world the producer that you met that remind you the the hard work that there is behind that glass of wine uh, and um, so um, slow travel it's a uh, you know it's connected with the this new way of life. Everybody during the last year learned, learned more that, you know, uh, sometimes life could be so short that it would be a pity to spend most of the time just working on your, on your laptop uh, instead of uh, traveling. And the slow travel helps this, to have this concept. Of course, with a cruise, you can see the Mediterranean, the most important Mediterranean cities in 10 days. But of course, you don't see nothing, nothing. Uh, speaking about, uh, you know, with um, the, the inside. I'm speaking about the inside. Right. You maybe we can say you see a lot, but maybe you don't experience in a personal way so many different things. Anthony Bourdain, one of my favorites and gifted chef, storyteller, and lover of exploration, once said that travel isn't always pretty and that the journey changes you. It leaves a mark on your memory, consciousness, heart, and body. He said you take something with you and that hopefully you leave something good behind. When travelers leave Italy, after experiencing the authentic culture of Abruzzo with Italia Sweet Italia, what is one thing you believe they will take with them? Okay, exactly what uh, I was saying now. The idea that uh, you can have... uh... A, a better quality of life. You can learn during our tours also about, um, uh, uh, about uh, the quality of the food, how it is important to, have, uh, to eat better uh, quality because at the same time you are eating, it's better for your health and you're supporting uh, a small producer, uh, somebody that is still connected with the land. Uh, and uh, so, um, I like the idea that they come back at home and they say, oh, during this week I ate uh, every time very good extra virgin olive oil, local products, not exported food, seasonal products, maybe sometimes homemade, uh, if, if you have time, homemade food uh, that is much better than the, the, the food that, uh, of course, it's uh, industrial food. So all these uh, experiences are connected with the one with one word, uh, good quality of life. One word, good I mean, uh, uh, one word, uh, three words uh, uh, that uh, are representing one concept. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing what you do. It's so important, as you said, now, but always 
uh, to support local businesses. Um, so a big thank you to Fabrizio. I should say grazie. <laughs> of Italia Sweet Italia. <laughs> so for more information on Italia Sweet Italia, photos from the interview and an incredible video of local passionate producers that you will meet in this area, as well as some highlights of the Abruzzo region, um, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Azuro Dream Travel or visit us at azurodreamtravel.com. So wanderlusters, Azuro Dream Travel can plan your sustainable dream trip to Italy by connecting you to small local businesses. Let us help you create your own Italian love story. <laughs> <laughs>